Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to... The Field Filler Podcast. Week number five is in the books. We are done with the West Coast Swing. All two races. Uh, Usually we have three, but you know, Auto Club Speedway could not race this year because of uh, California regulations. But we finally see the first past champion get a victory in the 2021 season. And kind of brought back a little bit into reality with this race. I mean, we've been having a lot of surprise winners. A lot of action-packed racing. Phoenix was kind of what it was expected to be, in a sense. And if you want to know how long it's been since we had to wait this long for a past champion to win a race, we got to go all the way back to 2008. We actually had to wait eight races before we saw Jimmy Johnson finally get a victory. And believe it or not, that was also at Phoenix. Damn, I guess Phoenix is always the track that brings us back to reality, but we got two races to go over, the Xfinity race as well as the Cup Series race, so strap yourself in, it's time to look at the final results and what we learned from the Saturday and Sunday races at Phoenix Raceway. Alright, so let's start off with the Xfinity race. That race happened on Saturday, and let's look at some statistics. We had 12 cautions for about 136 laps. Three cars did not qualify for this race. Can you guess which ones they were? Dylan Bassett, Jordan Anderson, and Andy Lally. You know, ever since the rain because of Daytona, I'm still going to be pissed about that. And we only had 10 lead changes among six different drivers. So not too much action was happening up front. But in the end, it was... Last year's champion, the number 22 of Austin Sindrick, getting the victory for Roger Penske, leading 119 laps. He is your winner of the Xfinity race at Phoenix. Finishing second is the number 54 of Ty Gibbs, another great run. Finishing third is the number 68 of Brandon Brown, getting his career best finish right there this weekend. Good job for him. Finishing fourth is number 98 of Riley Herbst. Finishing fifth, we have the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. Finishing sixth, his partner, the number 10 of Jeb Burton. Finishing seventh, how about this, the number 74 of Bailey Curry. Good for him as well. Finishing eighth, we have the number seven of Justin Allgaier. Finishing ninth is the 02 of Brett Moffitt and getting another top 10 the number 51 of Jeremy Clements. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10. The number 2 of Myatt Snyder just barely missed it, finishing 11th. Finishing 13th, we have the number 20 of Harrison Burton. Daniel Hemrick dominating most of this race, led 44 laps. He finishes 23rd after making contact with the wall near the end, as well as Justin Haley in the number 11. He finishes 26th. And then we also have the number 9 of Noah Gregson with engine problems. Same with the number 1 of Michael Annette, finishing 38th and 39th. One driver I missed, but I want to definitely talk about him. The number eight of Josh Berry ran into some problems running near the top five most of the race. He hits the wall, gets taken into the wall by Santino Ferrucci, just runs out of room, and he wrecks out right there in turn number four. And as a grand finale, he decides to give a grin and two middle fingers for his frustration. And that, my friends, is probably going to be meme-worthy for the rest of the year. And then rounding out the rest of the field will be the number 78 of Jesse Little. Fortunately, ran out of breaks going into one and two. Wrecks out in lap number 44. He finished 
finishes 40th in this race. And that's the final results here for the Xfinity event. So let's go over a few things. First, I want to cover is the bad luck that JR Motorsports is having this year. They again have three cars finished outside of the top 30 just with engine problems, running into problems. I mean, look at Noah Gregston in the final laps at Miami, runs into David Starr, takes himself out, was going to win the race, and then that. If that doesn't show you how much bad luck this team is having, then I don't know what else will. I am hoping that this team can turn it around because this is the one of the biggest teams in the Xfinity series. And for them to struggle this bad is just unbelievable. I mean, they got some great talent over there. Noah Gregston, I, we've seen what Josh Berry can do. He was running near the top five, and then he got put into the wall by Santino Ferrucci. So that was a little bit of bad luck for him. Justin Allgaier getting ready to go for the victory. He runs into the wall. He finishes 11th, not able to even get a top 10. And then Michael Annette with engine problems. I mean, nothing is going right for this team. I'm hoping that at least at Atlanta or somewhere very, very soon, this team can turn around because... My goodness, what a horrible, horrible start for this team. Just to give you an idea on where they're sitting in the points right now, this is where they're at. In owner points, you got the number 7 in 13th place, the number 8 in 14th place, the number 1 car sits in the 17th place, and then you have the number 9 in 22nd. That is not JR Motorsports. You got cars like the number 68, the number 51, the number 26, beating most of JR Motorsports. That is absolutely insane. I'm pretty sure they're going to turn things around, but right now, it is looking rough. But you know what team is not looking rough right now? College Racing. This has been an unbelievable thing that this team has been doing. They're third fourth, and I lost my spot, eighth in the point standings right now. That is phenomenal. And the one that's in the eighth in points is Justin Haley. He's the only guy who's returned to this team running full-time both last year and this year. And that now you got Jeb Burton, you got A.J. Allmendinger, guys that we weren't too sure on how well they were going to do throughout the season running near the front. Only two drivers are beating them, the number 18 car and then the number 22, which is the most talked about agent in the Xfinity series and that's Austin Sinrick. Very good job for Colleague Racing. I mean, I like I said, I've been very excited to see what they can do in the Cup Series. Obviously, in the first couple of years, they might look like something like the number 99 team, maybe even like the number 23 team. But it, look at how much success they have right now compared to when they first got into the sport just a few years ago. They have made so many leaps and bounds towards the right direction. I'm very interested to see how they do when they take the initial step into the Cup Series. And then who knows? At this rate, I mean, obviously, they got to beat the number 22 car. Everyone's trying to beat them right now. But they could potentially get their first ever Xfinity Series championship by the way they're running right now. And lastly, let's go to Joe Gibbs Racing. Let's talk about Ty Gibbs in the number 54. He has only ran two races in the Xfinity Series, and he finishes first and second. He probably has one more lap. He could probably even win it at Phoenix, too. If you're looking at the next big thing, it is probably right here in front of us. I mean, there is no stopping this kid. This kid has done absolutely phenomenal since he started racing in the ARCA series back in 2019. I mean, back in 2019 when he first started, uh, he would finish second, 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 get a couple victories. And then in the 2020 season, he won most of the races that he attended. Now he's moved up to the Xfinity series, skipped the truck series, and he's finished in the top two both races that he has attended. 
That is unheard of. We're talking about champions that he is being compared to right now. Because I think the last person to do this was like Terry Labonte. And that's almost almost 40 years ago. Uh, maybe more 30 years ago. But Terry Labonte is a past champion. Two-time champion. So this is great to see. And I am super excited to see what Ty Gibbs can do when he ever gets the opportunity to move up into the Cup Series. I think there's still maybe a year or so. But... Damn, if you're in Joe Gibbs Racing right now, you got to step it up because guess what? Not only is this Joe Gibbs' grandson, so he already has it really good with Joe Gibbs, but the amount of talent that he is putting on the board right now, I don't think I've ever seen this happen before. I, I can't think of another Joe Gibbs driver who has been this successful early on. Maybe Christopher Bell in a sense, but even then, Ty Gibbs is just setting it at a whole different level. And, you know, he's going to find a full-time ride soon in the X-Fandy series. We already know that, but he's going to eventually keep his eye out on the Cup Series as well. And you're looking at those few spots. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Martin Trex Jr., Kyle Busch? Denny Hamlin, maybe even Christopher Bell, who knows, but this kid is soon going to be moving up into the Cup Series, and he is going to be a force to be reckoned with, Not maybe not next year, but the next couple of years, keep an eye on Ty Gibbs, he might be a front contender in the Cup Series. Speaking of which, let's move on over to the Cup Series, and let's look at the Sunday race and see what we learned from that race as well. Alright, so for the Instacart 500, there was a lot more lead changes than in the Xfinity Series. There was 22 lead changes amongst 9 different drivers, 7 cautions for about 45 laps. There was quite a few drivers who were in front contenders for this race, but in the end, it was the 2017 champion, the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., snapping his 29 race winless streak and becoming victorious here at Phoenix. He is the winner of the fifth race of the 2021 season. Finishing second, we have the number 22 of Joey Logano. Finishing third is the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Finishing fourth, we have the number two of Brad Keselowski. Finishing fifth is the number nine of Chase Elliott. Finishing sixth, we have the number four, Kevin Harvick. Finishing seventh last week's winner, the number five of Kyle Larson. His teammate, the number 24 of William Byron, finishes eighth. Finishing ninth is the number 20 of Christopher Bell. And rounding out the top 10, the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing 11th, we have the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Finishing 12th is number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finishing 13th is number 48 of Alex Bowman. Finishing 14th is number 21 of Matt DiBandetto. 15th is number 1 of Kurt Busch. 16th, we have the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 17th is number 3 of Austin Dillon. 18th, we have the number 17 of Chris Busher. 19th is the number 42 of Ross Chastain. And rounding out the top 20 is the number 43 of Eric Jones. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 we got to look at the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Just had everything bad happen to him. He finishes 25th in this race. The Daytona 500 winner did not really have a good run this race as Michael McDowell, the number 34 car, finishes 23rd. Ryan Newman also struggled a little bit in that number 6 machine, finishing 28th. And then Cole Custer having some tire problems. He finishes 31st in this race and rounding out the field, only running 15 laps due to some engine problems. That is the number 66 of Timmy Hill. And that is your final results here at Phoenix Raceway. So, there's a few things we can take away from this. I mean, like I said earlier, first and foremost, this is the first time that we've seen a past champion get a victory here in the 2021 season in the Cup Series. And it was obviously clear as day that this wasn't going to last too long, but man... I mean, at one point, I thought maybe Ryan Blaney could get the victory, and then we were going to think to ourselves, holy hell, 
We have still seen only drivers with about six or less wins get victories this year. But no, it was Martin Trex Jr. who was head and shoulders. And then you had Joey Logano actually running near the front the entire race. I thought maybe finally we would see Team Penske get a victory this race. But man, somehow Joe Gibbs was able to turn everything around with not only Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin as well finishing third. Denny Hamlin has looked to be the best driver so far in this 2021 season. Now, I know he hasn't gotten a victory yet, but he's been up front almost every single race. And if it's not him, he is right there in the top five. It looks to me that Denny Hamlin is continuing on from the 2020 season, still kicking ass at almost every single racetrack. Kevin Harvick, er, not nearly close to the same level as I expected him to be, but he's still up there. But Denny Hamlin, though, he's definitely looking like the guy to beat this year and the team that's looking to be the team to beat is definitely Rick Henrik I mean look at Kyle Larson in the number five car he is like head and shoulders on that team right now Chase Elliott is right there as well as William Byron but he's been definitely the guy to beat he went to the back to the front three different times shot himself in the foot a couple times his team screwed up at the beginning with pre-race inspection he was still able to get a top 10 in that number five car in seventh place. I mean, that is a phenomenal run for that team. I mean, spectacular job. He is really impressing me. I thought I could have swore that he was going to be like barely making it into the chase, but he hasn't already secured his win. He is also running near the front in every single race next to Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin's slightly better, but Kyle Larson is proven to be a championship contender earlier in the season so far and then the rest of Rick Henrik is looking like kind of the old team that used to be I mean yeah they do have a champion uh, Chase Elliott but this is not the team that they saw 10 years ago none of these drivers were on this team back in 2010 and before when they had Jeff Gordon Jimmy Johnson Mark Martin Dale Earnhardt Jr. Brian Vickers Casey Mears and those guys are a little bit off but you know what I mean these guys used to be phenomenal and now they're kind of back the only car that's not fully back in that team is the number 48 of Alex Bowman now don't get me wrong Alex Bowman has been running all right but he's not the same level as the rest of the team and I know some people are starting to notice that and the thing is for Rick Henrik I've always noticed this about this team but the fourth car on that team always tends to struggle the reason why I said Dale Earnhardt Jr. was not the best at Rick Henrik I mean near the end he was starting to do really good especially 2014 was he was the fourth car on that team from 2008 to 2012 he had a combined total of two wins in those four seasons that is not what we expected out of the number 88 car but Rick Henrik has always struggled with that fourth team, whether it was Casey Mears in the number five. Kyle Busch honestly really struggled. When Terry Labonte was slowly out, out the door, he was near the back for most races. And then even most recently, I mean, Jimmy Johnson, he missed the chase. I did not expect him to be the fourth car, but he really was. So for these guys to actually start putting everything together and run like they used to in the 2000s, it's a great welcome back. And with new faces, that's always great to see to have the sport move forward. And the last thing I want to touch on is the number 18 of Kyle Busch. If you're a Kyle Busch fan, you are beyond pissed right now because I thought, I, I, even talking in the previous episode, I thought he was going to be a top contender in this race. I mean, all of Joe Gibbs did really good in this race. I think Penske was the better team, but they wound up being uh, top near the end. However, 
Kyle Busch wasn't ever really there. He did get a sixth place finish in stage one, but that was all there was. Once he suffered that uncontrolled tire, that was it for the number 18 machine. And it wasn't like when you got sent to the back that your day was done. I mean, Kyle Larson kind of proved that one wrong. He he just could never bounce back, spinning out, having problems, hitting the wall a couple times, tire going down. Just nothing was going right for that team. And let me tell you, Kyle Busch needs practices and qualifying again because that is where he would get all his information from and why he would dominate so many races. That is what put that team together. And we were hoping that they could finally figure it back out. They did get that win in Texas, but even then, it's not the Kyle Busch we're used to seeing. So I don't know if he's struggling kind of like what Jeff Gordon did near the end of his season or Jimmy Johnson. I still think Kyle Busch has a few more years to go. Like, don't get me wrong. This is not like his last year or he only has two years left. But he's kind of hit that rut where he's really, really struggling to get back in victory lane. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe practices start back up and we see the old Kyle Busch that we're used to seeing pissing everybody off and getting all the victories. But for now, it's just been an absolute shocker to see that number 18 car mostly outside the top 15 rather than inside the top 15. And the last thing I want to talk about is that number 38 team has been known as the wreck car. It's almost reminding me of the 60 car from a couple years ago in the Xfinity series. Anthony Alfredo, man, just gets piled drive by Cody Ware and gets put into the wall. That car gets destroyed. But Anthony Alfredo hasn't had hardly any good finishes at all to start off this season. And you know what? That's kind of been the story of Front Row Motorsports' second car. It's kind of funny how this is looking right now. It almost reminds me of Red Bull Racing back in, what was it? Was it 2009? I think it was, where Brian Vickers got his victory in the number 83 machine and Scott Speed could barely make it into the top 35. This is what it's kind of looking like right now. You got Michael McDowell actually having a pretty good start to the season and Anthony Alfredo not able to finish any races right now, just struggling. And even last Last year, John Hunter Nemechek was involved in the most accidents in the 2020 season. So the number 38 car, you got to get your stuff together because right now you're looking as bad as Roush Racing did with their number 60 car a few years ago. And you definitely don't want to be compared to that team. So that's all I got to say about the Phoenix race. Overall, not too bad of a race. I think the first four races were definitely a lot better than this one. But we also kind of expect that when it comes to Phoenix. Usually the cream always rises to the top when it comes to Phoenix Raceway. And I think the same thing is going to happen to Atlanta. Uh, hopefully it's not nearly as bad as a snooze fest as it was last year. If you remember that race, I'm sorry that you even remember it. Because Kevin Harvick dominated the whole race and there was no passing. But... Let's not be pessimistic. Let's stay optimistic because it's still considered the best season. And right now, it's still showing it even though this race wasn't nearly as great as the other ones. So let's give Phoenix a good old thumbs up and let's move on to Atlanta and hope that they can turn their thumbs down into a, eh, it was an okay race. (laughs) 
Alrighty, and now it's time for my favorite segment of all, the award segment. This is the segment where we have five different awards to give out to drivers. Some of them are pretty good awards. You want to win these ones. And other ones, yeah, you wish you never would have showed up to the track if you thought you were going to get this award. But let's start off with the first award. This is the one that everyone likes, and that is the top field filler. Who was the driver who got one of the best finishes, who usually never finishes up front? Now, Brandon Brown could have earned this award. He finished third his career best, and he also did really good early in the season as well. But the one driver I'm looking at is the number 74 of Bailey Curry. I don't remember the last time I've seen a Mike Harmon car finish in the top 10, and he was able to do it with a 7th place finish for that number 74 car. Awesome job for that team. And you want to know something even more impressive? Last year for the Phoenix Spring Race, they didn't even qualify for that event, and now they come back with a top 7 finish. Good job, Bailey Curry. Way to get that number 74 car onto the award list. Next award we have here is the top fantasy driver for the weekend. This is the driver who scored the most fantasy points in this race. Now, it wasn't the winner, the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. This award goes to Joey Logano, once again in the number 22 car, getting a second place finish in stage one, a first place finish in stage two, scoring an overall of 54 points. Congratulations to Joey Logano for once again making it on to the top fantasy driver list and getting his second award of the season. Now it is time for the next award. This is the Soap Award, sponsored by JustLuxuriousBodySoaps.com. Make sure to visit those guys. They've been helping us out a lot here. So this is given to the driver who deserves to get their mouth clean, or in this case, get their fingers clean, because I feel like we got to change it up for this week, because I got to give it to none other than Josh Berry for his stupid-ass smile and his two middle fingers. I'm sorry. It has to be for this one. He definitely earned it. He put those two middle fingers up, and my friend, you should not not be doing that in front of cameras so put those fingers down clean up your hands because that shouldn't be happening on the racetrack you get a soap award for this weekend now it is time for my favorite award the paint scheme award which driver and team had the best paint scheme for this weekend now there was a lot of good contenders quinn hoff actually had a really good looking car this weekend with that double zero mountain lock machine and so did Chris Busher in that number 17 Roush Performance Machine. Uh, that all orange car actually really stood out really well. And especially being in the desert, I bet that car looked extremely nice in person. Some ones that got some honorable mentions, um, I think these were the second and third best. Let's first start off with Eric Amarola's Pit Boss Machine. That car with the silver and black with a little bit of smoke in between just looked really, really nice on camera. And that paint scheme really worked well from beginning to end really looks really nice the only thing that I complain about a little bit is the lack of color in the car but you know still a really good job by pit boss to put on a really good paint scheme for Eric Amarola Second place, I'm going to have to give it to the number 52 machine of Josh Balicki. That black, red, and gold looked really, really nice. It almost reminds me of an old 90s NASCAR. Just the paint scheme altogether just worked really, really well from that black faded onto red with the gold underneath. Mmm. Rick Rare Racing, you guys do really good on your paint schemes. Now just focus on your engine and everything else about the car, and then you guys will be the most talked about team in racing. But the number one best paint scheme, without a doubt, hands down, is finally going to go to Justin Marks' team, Trackhouse Racing, Daniel Suarez's number 99 Comscope Machine. 
This car with the rainbow blend, usually it's really hard to get this together. I mean, look at the number 66 a couple years ago. But the number 99 with Daniel Suarez, this car looked absolutely phenomenal on camera. Probably looked amazing for people at the racetrack. This car easily wins the paint scheme award for this weekend. Congratulations to Trackhouse Racing. You finally got the paint scheme award. Now, the last award that I'm going to give out is the Bum Award. Who was the biggest bum of this weekend? Now, there's a good candidate here. The number 51 of Cody Ware. Mm, yeah, you wrecked Anthony Alfredo so bad, you gave him a headache. Everyone from Italy, or who was eating pasta that day, felt that wreck. And also, I gotta also put Ross Chastain on this list too. Ross Chastain has been spinning out a lot of people, you know, that taste for watermelon starting to die down with these NASCAR drivers. You can't keep taking them out. But the people who get the bum award, that's right, I say people, is going to be the NASCAR officials. You guys get the bum award because there was one thing that drove me crazy, and that was the last couple of laps when Cole Custer hit the wall and we saw all the debris fly out on the back straightaway. Even the announcers talked about it, and you never threw the damn caution. <laughs> Why in the world did this caution ever get thrown out? Now, I don't want to take this away from Martin Trex Jr. He earned this win. He really did. But my God, when we see scraps of metal on the freaking racetrack, do your freaking job and throw out the caution. There was drivers complaining about it left and right on the radios. So you know what? Well-deserved bum award for the NASCAR officials. Probably won't be the last one. Get your ass off of my podcast and start focusing on the racetrack. And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I think this weekend was an alright one. It wasn't the best weekend by far, but definitely still really, really entertaining for a NASCAR fan. And then, like I said, we're going to be going to Atlanta next weekend. Just keep your fingers crossed. I'm hoping that this race is actually really good. A lot of people like Atlanta for its amount of history, but the racing there hasn't been too exciting recently. But still, we will get our fantasy picks in for the next episode. That will be happening on Friday. You don't want to miss it. And above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>